הרי מקשר את מי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבתוכנו כל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר. קדוש משבו ארץ הם אביכל רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן מפג בן שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותם תגן עלינו וכל ישראל אמן. בעזרת השם תראה we're going to do multiple lessons. סטונינג ותורה קס"ד. lessons that are very very applicable. smaller lessons bigger lessons בעזרת השם. we can grab a lot of lot of fire right now. Uh, and may Hashem open up um, our heart and our mind so that we can apply this advice Bezrat Hashem L'inyan sipure dvarim shara tzadik ha'emet Rabbanu is going to give us a lesson regarding the everyday conversations of the true tzadik L'mashal as a parable Rofe shenechala ve'ochach l'msor et atmo liyad adakter gagadol A doctor took sick um A person who's in, who, whose job is to heal someone became sick, and now he's obligated to hand himself over uh, to the hand of a top doctor, doctor physician. And this doctor who is sick, this first doctor who is sick, wants this other doctor, this top doctor, to give him healings according to what he, what he knows in his professional job. For example, to extract a tooth and to shave his hair. But this doctor, this other doctor, who's in charge of the sick, uh, the sick patient, knows other special cures that are very important that he needs to give this man, that this man doesn't really know about. Can likewise, it happens, that a person comes before a Talmid Chacham, a student of wisdom, the tzaddik ador, and the tzaddik of the generation, shehu rofeh choli anefashot. And what is the tzaddik of the generation? He is a healer for all the ailing souls, for all the sick souls. Ve'rotzeh sheiten lo tzaddik refuot, and he wants the tzaddik to give him a cure. Hanu anagot rachim, meaning practices and routines, kifim mashehu yodeh according to what he is accustomed to. But the truth is that this tzaddik has healings and pathways, um, pathways to health, which the person needs to be guided back to his original state of health. That the tzaddik has um, healings and proper pathways that can bring this man to his, back, back to his health. And sometimes it's occasionally... We are, we, it's necessary to give this sick person a medication. That if we were to give this medication to the patient directly, without any sort of compound or, or something of the sort, the, the sick person will die undoubtedly. Therefore, it's obligated to mix this potion with another sort of medication. And the same is true with people that it's impossible to reveal them. With regard to some people, it's impossible to reveal to them the, the inner depth, the inner intelligence of the Torah, the secrets of the Torah that are needed for his healing. Because the Torah is the healing. It shall be a healing for your navel. This is a reference to the Torah. And it's impossible, Rabban was telling us, to give Sometimes, depending on the, who the person is, it's impossible to give this person um, the inner depth of the Torah directly without sort of diluting the Torah because that Torah can actually 
break him. Because within the Torah, there's two types of power. There's a power for life and a power for death. There's an elixir of life and a potion of death. If a person merits the Torah, it is made for him a potion of life. But if a person does not merit the Torah, when he takes in that Torah, it becomes an elixir of death or a potion of death. A poison. Therefore, if this tzaddik ador, if this tzaddik of the generation, this awesome person that is unique, gives this sick person, this sick patient, the Torah in itself, the way it is, without any clothing, it's certain that he's going to die without, without doubt. Because by this person, he did not merit the Torah. So this Torah becomes a... Uh, a poison. Therefore, it's necessary to enclose the inner depths of the Torah within other Torah teachings. Sometimes this person is so sick he cannot even receive those other Torah teachings as a clothing. Even if this tzaddik encloses his words of Torah, encloses his words of Torah within other words of Torah. Therefore, the tzaddik sometimes, sometimes he, he garbs his Torah teachings within uh, mundane conversations. So that this person can receive the healing that is hidden within that conversation. Because um, the Torah itself is also enclosed. Now, within these story tales, within these conversations, because this tzaddik is not able to give over the Torah the way it is without this uh, garment. So we see sometimes when the tzaddik tells us stories or tells us things that might seem completely irrelevant, why we will speak about horses or the news or this or that, which was very known with Rabenu. The Rabenu used to speak a lot. A mundane conversation because Rabbanu says there's not one breath that leaves me without chidush and there's this inyan that within the mundane conversation the tzaddik that actually as we see in Nikut Amoran we saw this lesson before that the mundane conversations of a tzaddik can be higher than the divret Torah of another tzaddik so especially when it comes to the true tzaddik of a generation who's unique um, who's unique Rabbi Nachman the Bar Shem Tov the Ari Hakadosh uh, and the, the Mashiach who's going to be the last, that with regard to them, when they speak mundane conversations, that it is not uh, something that we have to, we cannot, we can overlook. As brought in the Gemara Sukkah, that the mundane conversations of Tzaddik need uh, study. 165. You must love your fellow. As yourself, Ani Hashem, I am Hashem. Okay. What does that mean that you shall must love your fellow like yourself? Rabbanu is going to give us a huge chidush with with, with these words. Hanushet kabel be'ahava, meaning you shall receive with love kol ha'raot va'histurin abayim alecha all the all the bad and the afflictions that come upon you. Because it's fitting that you know that according to your actions, after all the afflictions and the, the bad that has happened to you, that even with all the stuff that is the afflictions that is occurring to you, that is, that is happening to you, nonetheless, Hashem is still behaving with you with great mercy. 
כי היה מגיע לך יותר ויותר, because you deserve much, more, much worse. חד ושלום, God forbid. לפי מעשיך, according to your actions. וזהו, and this is why it says in the verse, ואהבת לרעך, you shall love your fellow. What is it you love your fellow? ואהבת שתאהוב, that you shall love הרע, לרעך, כמו שאתה אומר, רע. Meaning the bad, you shall love the bad that comes to you. Meaning all the, the bad things and all the afflictions, the suffering that reach you. You shall receive and accept them with love. Because kamocha. What does it mean, kamocha, like yourself? Meaning just like who you are. Meaning according to your actions, I am Hashem. What is Yudke Vavke? I am Yudke Vavke. I'm the master of mercy. That even according to your actions, even with all the bad that I'm giving you, this bad is actually not bad at all. It's actually completely merciful because you deserve much worse. Because Hashem is saying that I'm still behaving with you with complete mercy, as we said above. That we have to have gratitude that even with the bad that happens to us, Hashem is giving us the most awesome mercy we can't even understand. Torah Kuf Samirvav. Torah 166. When the world is next to the tzaddik, as yesh, as yesh, then the has rulership. He has authority. When the world is next to the tzaddik, attached to the tzaddik, he has rulership. Because Elisha, because Elisha, one time it's written about Elisha that he's the man, a godly man. Ufam, and one time it's Elisha, one time it's written about Elisha that he's Elisha just normally, without Isha Elokim. <coughs> Sorry, we're continuing. When the student prophets were next to Elisha, he was called Isha Elokim, the godly man. But when he was alone, he was called just Elisha. So we see this in that when the people are attached to the tzaddik, when the world is next to the tzaddik, then the tzaddik has greater rulership. He's Isha Elokim. Torah Kuf Zemer Zayin, an awesome Torah. Da ve'ha'amen, Rabbeinu tells us, know and believe. Two inyanim here. You have to know it and you have to have emuna. Ki ha-shabbatim she-shoftim etzel ha-talmid chacham ha-emet. That the Shabbat, a person spends next to the true talmid chacham, the true wise man, the true tzaddik, it's as if he's fasting. It's considered as if he just did a fast. Rabbeinu said about himself that a person who spends Shabbat with him in Uman, it's as if he did seven weeks of fasting from Shabbat to Shabbat. Which means literally, um, <laughs> um, this, uh, it's as if a person literally fasted from Saturday to Saturday night um, to Friday night, literally without eating or drinking anything, seven times in a row, seven weeks in a row. That's what Rabbanu says about spending a Shabbat with him. So we see this in here. Spending a Shabbat by the tzaddik is as if it's considered as if a person was doing a fast. Torah Kuf Samechet. Adam Galut, when a person grows haughty, arrogant, Siman it's a sign. That um, a trouble will come to this person. God forbid. Before destruction is pride. Meaning, before you receive your destruction, the sign that you're growing haughty, meaning the, the fact that you're growing haughty, the sign that you will end up having a downfall. 
as we say in Mishle, before destruction comes pride. Um, and the same is true with, and we see that similarly, if a person is shafa, lowly, humble, it's a sign, it's a sign that he will get awesome honor, awesome glory, he will receive awesome glory, as it says in Mishle. Um, in the chapter before, before glory comes humility. So we see, if a person grows haughty, it's a sign that he will, have troubles, the person um, is humble, it's a sign that he will receive great honor. Torah Kuf Samechtet. Last um, Torah, I believe, for the day. An awesome Torah about dancing. An amazing Torah about sweetening judgments. Chapter 7. And it will be in the wake of your listening. To these laws, and you shall guard them, and you shall do them. So what does this mean? Rabbeinu is going to interpret this in the most awesome fashion. When there's troubles and afflictions, whether it's in general or in particular, it's impossible for a person to dance. Because when there's judgments upon a person, they are given over to emissaries of judgment. These people are given over to emissaries of judgment, messengers of judgment. And these emissaries of judgment are called ratim runners, as it brought in the Zohar Ba'ishit. And they are the legs. They represent the legs. So therefore, the legs are very heavy because of the blood that has spread over there. What is the blood? Blood is red. And what is red? It's judgment. This is the judgment we're talking about. Meaning whenever a person is handed over to the emissaries of judgment, emissaries of judgment are represent the feet. And because now this person has lots of judgments upon him, the feet, his feet are heavy. Because blood is the rep- representation of judgment. When the judgment is born, then the blood emerges from the feet. Meaning what? When the judgment is um, brought out, meaning it's, it ends. Then the blood leaves the feet. Because at the time of birth, we see that blood leaves the legs of a woman. Therefore her feet grow cold. The essence of birth is specifically when the blood emerges from her legs. Meaning when the judgments emerge from her legs. This is what, which is what we're talking about. Because the time of pregnancy is an aspect of judgment. As we say in the Zohar, over there, Amud Aleph, that uh, <clears throat> that pregnancy is an aspect of din. At the time when you are filled with wrath against them, it is like a woman who's pregnant. Meaning God's wrath against us is compared to a pregnant woman. We see that din judgment is compared to a pregnant woman because all the, the the blood is stored within the woman's legs for months and months and months until she gives birth and that blood flows. Which means that judgments are stored within the woman while she's um, pregnant, which is why we see the mood swings and everything like this 
because naturally we see that dinim are upon this woman. We see that pregnancy is an aspect of judgment. And birthing, giving birth is a sweetening of the judgment. Because at the time of birth, we see that the blood flows from the legs. As we said um, in the Gemara, that this is the essence of birth. And look in Torah 2 of Likote Moran, the second book. Over there it speaks about this. And therefore, at the time of judgment and sweet and uh, trouble, it's impossible for a person to dance. Because it's impossible for a person to lift up his feet. Because his feet are so heavy during the time of the overpowering overpowering of judgments. Because the blood, which represents judgment, have flowed all the way to the legs. But when this blood, which are these judgments, flow from the legs, emerge from the legs, which represents the sweetening of judgment, then the legs are light. And then simcha, joy, can spread down to the feet. Until a person is able to dance because of the great joy. And now Rabbeinu is telling us how to sweeten the judgment. How does a person lift himself up to dance when a person is going through difficult times? To sweeten the judgment, Rabbeinu tells us, who is when a person judges and is um, observing his own actions, he's judging himself. Meaning a person judges himself over all his actions. That he's evaluating himself over every single thing. If it's fitting for him to do. And he's searching and evaluating his actions. Examining his actions. And he's properly ordering them and rectifying them. According to the judgment and the laws of the Torah. Meaning that he's constantly examining what he's doing. And he's seeing if that is fitting. According to the Torah or not. If it's allowed or not. And through the fact that a person judges and he examines himself, even when a person falls, but he judges and examines himself over the fact that he fell. Through this, he's able to sweeten and nullify the judgment from up above. Because we say in the Midrash, when there's judgment down below, there's no judgment up above. So by the mere fact that you judge yourself down here, then up there, they can't bring that judgment upon you. And then once the judgment is sweet, and then the blood flows from the legs. And now simcha, joy, happiness can spread down to the legs. Until you merit literally to dance. And this is why I tell in the verse, It will be at the end of your tishmeun, your listening. And it will be with simcha. It's a language of simcha. As we bring down in the Midrash Rabbah, Parashat Naso, Parashat Yud Gimel over there, chapter 13 of the Midrash, Parashat Naso, Midrash Rabbah, we see this idea, um, of, um, Ve'aya is Leshon Simcha, the Ve'aya is a language and an expression of joy. So we see Ve'aya is joy. Ekev Tishmeun, what's Ekev? The heel, the Ekev, the end, Hem Haragrin, what is the, the heel? It stands at the feet of a person. Meaning, what is ek, ve'aya ekev? 
We just explained Vayal Simcha and Ekev is the feet, meaning Liskol Le Simcha Temerit Simcha At Shehakevaim until literally the Hiyu Shehem Ahagnin, which represent the feet, Yishmeu Al Simcha should listen to that Simcha, should hear that joy. So how does the person merit it? A person merits this through what? As is taught at the end of the verse, as a mishpatima these laws which matem you shall guard them, that's it, and you shall do them. Meaning, how does a person merit that he should lift up his feet to dance during the time of of trouble? Shetishmeru laasot, meaning they shall guard and do them beatzmechem by yourselves. Hamishpatim vadini, meaning the evaluations and the judgments. That through this you're able to nullify the judgment from up above. Meaning what? When you judge yourself, upon yourself, when you examine yourself over all your ex- actions, and you see whether it's proper according to the Torah to do or not to do. And it shall be at the end of your listening. Meaning what? That you shall listen and hear the, the simcha present within the feet. By the mere fact that the judgments have spread out and being pushed away from the feet. I have also found that this is an aspect, excuse me, that what we just explained above is an aspect of what? Of what it says in the verse, that Hashem shall guard for you the covenant. Rabbeinu is telling us a huge chidush right now. When a person merits simcha, joy, then Hashem Himself guards for you the covenant. Meaning that Hashem will be at your aid to guard your holy covenant. Because the essence, the main reason why we fall into the blemish of the covenant is through one reason. Atzvut. Sadness. Gloom. Because the blemishing of the covenant comes through the main husk, as is known, whose name is Lili. We don't finish her name. By the mere fact that Lili comes to the word that she's wailing constantly. And this wailing is an aspect of sadness, depression. And therefore, the, the essential way we guard the covenant, the holy covenant, is through joy. Because through joy, um, a person merits that God Himself will will help and assist him to guard the Holy Covenant. And if a person's in joy, he will never ever fall into become a May we have the merit.